Are you currently in college or recently graduated but kind of struggling to figure out how to approach your post-grad life? If so, then I have the perfect guide for you, which I created for my college self in mind. That is the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success ebook, which features a holistic approach to all things starting out in your career during and after college, from cultivating the right mindset, building your resume, maximizing your LinkedIn profile and network, and so much more. I take you through a personal step-by-step guide on how to prepare for all areas needed when searching for a job. And these were actually many steps that I personally did between my sophomore and senior year of college, as well as the first year out of college. So I always highly recommend to start early to create opportunities for yourself. In this ebook guide, you will find cover letter tips and custom templates available for download, resume building steps with three custom templates, LinkedIn tools, and step-by-step guide on maximizing your profile, top 20 behavioral interview questions, and a lot more. Again, you can find this online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Just make sure when you click shop, just go to all products and you will find the ebook there, or just go to the show notes and it will be linked. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host, and I am recording this live from Medellin, Colombia. You might hear some background noise, and I'm recording this in my little Airbnb apartment, and I will definitely fill you guys in um, probably within a few weeks on kind of why I spent most of my summer here, what life has been like living in another country, and whether it kind of, I guess, met my expectations or was part of my intention. And it's crazy because it feels like yesterday when I was setting my summer intentions, I I know I talked about um, an episode a while back on not calling it hot girl summer, not focusing on hot girl summer, but rather focusing on one to three priorities in your life taking the season of summer and working towards those priorities and then kind of checking back in at the end of that specific season. So in this case, summer to see the progress you've made. And so I would definitely share some updates on that. But for today's episode, I wanted to dive into three major takeaways I've learned from a quote unquote older sister in healthy relationships and communication. And this girlfriend of mine, we've been friends for a little over three years now. We actually met during the pandemic and she is nine years older than me, originally from Denmark. She is such a lovely person. If you're listening to this girl, I love you so much. And it's funny, I I will share this because I, I know I always have crazy stories on how I meet people, but her and I met at a July 4th party in uh or maybe it was like a more of a gathering really it was um in orange county california and i think she at the time was originally living in san diego and had driven up that day and i remember staring at her hair i think it was at lunch and i was like it is so sleek and jet black and glossy and that is the hair style and color i like and i also have for myself and so I came up to her and I was like I love your hair color 
And literally from that comment, we just started talking and getting to know each other. I think I learned that she spoke seven languages and then I practiced some German on her. And from there, we just became really good friends. And, you know, we stayed in touch because she lived in San Diego. So I think at one point I would drive down to San Diego, spend the day there, then finish dinner with her, drive back up. And then she did the same uh, when I lived in OC. And then at some points, um, I moved to LA and then we would have our meetups in LA too, because I think that's when she uh, started dating a guy that lived in LA. And and it's actually funny because during her process of slowly dating and getting to know this guy, this is where I learned a lot of the healthy nuggets that she has taught me or shared with me and that I've kind of mentally taken note. And so I didn't want to, you know, share like too many takeaways, but I feel like when I was writing these down, I really honed down on three that I I feel like she has emphasized quite a bit and or I actually may have heard from other people uh, who are older than me that I felt like, okay, that must really be um, wise to take note of. So that being said, the first takeaway I have is one day at a time. This one has been super helpful for me as someone that previously had a tendency of thinking ahead too much or always wondering where this is going to be, where this will go, is this worth my time, that kind of thing. I think that process of thinking happens a lot in general, but I would argue, especially for people who are planners, who maybe are leaning logically, if, if that's like their way of thinking, um, Perhaps also if you have like an anxious attachment or you just are somewhat anxious in general. But I would say this is a very common trait I've noticed amongst people who are planners and who who need like a strategy plan and an execution plan and really good in business too, right? But something I've learned over the past two years, something my friend Elia would kick me for uh, back in the day in a, in a nice way, just that the way I think and approach business and other parts of my life, it does not apply in human to human dynamics. So interestingly, I actually learned this notion as well from this Venezuelan guy I met at a business event last October. And he just had a fascinating story. He immigrated to the US when he was like 27, 28. He ended up meeting his partner. He's also gay. And I just felt like that time period of him immigrating and just like where we were on the progressiveness level um, probably was a little bit harder, right? And in English, he didn't know much English when he came to the US. And so when I met him um, in October, I think he's probably in his early 60s, early mid 60s. And he shared, you know, how he randomly met his partner in Central Park and that guy's American and you know, all these different things. And basically they've been together for over 30 years. And then I was like, well, uh, could you tell me one piece of advice or one thing that you would share with someone younger like myself on relationships that you maybe wish you knew? And he said the same exact thing, take it one day at a time. And then he emphasized that because he said, you know, if you had asked me when I was dating my partner five years in, if I knew I was going to end up with him, the answer would have been no, or would have been, I don't know. And he said that 
the reality is, and, and again, this is why I love talking to older people who've lived longer than me or double my life, is because they know a thing or two that I don't. And I think what Hugh was alluding to is just the fact that we as young folks, we think that we can plan a lot of our lives and that we can execute something and no matter how much effort we put into the input that we can get the output we are hoping for. And the reality is that is not the case, right? And and I think this is something my older girlfriend um, alluded to as well, just that like you you never know. You you meet someone and you might think you're going to marry them and it might not be the case. And same thing, vice versa. And so I've taken that into consideration. And I think that's huge too, especially if you're someone with those silly checklists or mental checklists, things like that. And I'm not saying I think they're wrong or bad, but I do think that if you are too rigid in your beliefs and what is supposed to occur and what's not supposed to occur, you're gonna end up not being able to get the best result in the end, right? So in this case, I would imagine if you think you're supposed to end up with a certain person, you end up not meeting that person at all because maybe that person was is not really actually aligned for you, but you're so honed down on finding that person and therefore you cross off all the other people that don't match that criteria. So that's, that's one angle of it that I kind of... Um, take into account but also just in general that yeah life is mysterious in its own ways and you just never know I think the best thing we can do is find the sweet spot of being present being mindful in the moment which is something I've practiced a lot over the past year but also being practical in a way where you plan and you look ahead for the future enough right so it's like looking ahead planning for the future but not being so attached to that's how the future is going to play out. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of the same thing with, when it comes to relationships is if you're dating someone for a year, two years, you know, be mindful, be present day by day, pay attention to how you feel with them, but also, you know, acknowledge, yeah, this, this could be someone that I end up doing life with. And this also might not be. Right. And it's one of those things in life. You just have to accept that you just never know. And so um, I think with this one day at a time approach and mentality, it's also allowing you time to learn about the person and take time to process it. It's no need to rush. I remember I asked my girlfriend, you know, so are you guys boyfriend and girlfriend? Like, what's the deal? This was maybe five months in. Like, they were very not into the titles, which I think I've learned to also see the benefits of that like they were they approach it very much as adults where it's like we are together or we're not together and it's one of those things where they also communicated openly to each other checked in um, made sure they were on the same page about those things and I think with that there's less confusion because I think they were both calling each other like hey that's my girl or that's my that's my man whatever or like that's my partner but but it wasn't like a high pressure oh we're in a relationship now you know what I mean I think it was just a gradual build of okay I'm getting to know you I'm learning to trust you I'm learning to see if our values align I'm learning to see if our personal visions align things like that and that just in general takes time 
So, um, you know, one day at a time has been a big takeaway for, for me. But I think I want to add as like a little side note too, because this is something I personally uh, choose to do is I'm pretty slow when it comes to introducing partners to family members and intimate relatives. This is just a me thing. And I will preface part of it is because of, I guess, recognizing how much, how more beneficial it is for me to take time to get to know the person on my own, just because I, in my own personal life, I don't necessarily take into consideration uh, the opinion of my parents on who I'm dating and who I'm in a relationship with. And the reason being, and, and I hope this can relate with some of you guys. And for those of you who are super close with your family, friends, all of that, and like one of my best friends, Nicolette, I know that her family opinion matters. She wants her partner to be able to hang out with her brothers who are only like two or three years older than her. So like, that's a different dynamic, but she's been so gracious as well in understanding why that's not a factor for me because she knows in my own family background and whatnot. And it's not like a bad or good thing. It's just a matter of being self-aware of what works for you and what doesn't. And for me, um, I think that because I am very self-aware in what works for me and I'm very in tuned with who I am as a person much more than my parents are, it's kind of like saying you're gonna get, you're gonna take on an opinion of someone that only knows you 50%, right? And which just wouldn't be helpful in terms of partner selection and getting an opinion from that. Like for me, I think the opinion of some of my really close girlfriends would matter more simply because they understand who I am at my core more than my parents do. And that's not like a bad or good thing, guys. I just want to reemphasize, especially for those of you, and I know some of you guys who listen, you also have cultural differences with your parents and generational differences. And this is really tailored to you guys because I think that's something that some people have tried to make me feel bad for. Like, oh, wow, you don't care about your parents' opinion. It's not necessarily that. It's just understanding, well, in an ideal world, your parents are supposed to know you, who know you for who you really are. And sometimes with cultural and generational differences, it is hard for that to be the case. And so that's why they can only understand and see so much. You know what I mean? So uh, just wanted to add that. And um, in case that is also helpful for those of you who kind of face that struggle as well. The second major takeaway I've had from her is communicate openly and directly. So something that she's shared with me that her and her partner have done with each other is touching base frequently over time, simply through open communication. And again, you know, it's awesome to be able to observe this in her because she is nine years older than me and clearly approaches relationships and dating in a very mature way. And her partner, who is just slightly younger than her, I think only by like two years or so, also, I think from what I've heard, really uh, wanted that kind of approach as well and is also quite mature in that regard and and I think this is definitely a big one for her and I because so like I mentioned she's originally from Denmark and dating in Europe as a whole is quite different than dating in America especially with kind of how modern day has changed some things and 
I've heard this as well through talking to some friends that live in Europe right now, and it seems like this is the case, I want to say somewhere between 70 to 80% of the time, which is in Europe or in most countries, again, I don't want to like overgeneralize, but in most countries over there, people often date kind of just one at a time and they're not so into dating, you know, multiple people and kind of exploring those things before being exclusive, which is very American culture where people in the U.S., um, especially in big cities, are often dating maybe more than one person and kind of exploring their options, which to each their own. I think that is cool if you do that and, you know, kudos to you. That being said, it's something that my friend and I uh, definitely connected on, which is our approach, which is more like on the European side, which is dating one at a time. And I think that was something she had to kind of learn to understand whether he was doing the same. And instead of that classic question that I hear some women ask, which is, what are we? Are we exclusive? Asking those questions. I think she simply approached it, you know, month after month, checking in if they're on the same page, checking in to see, hey, you know, are you dating anyone else? Like, and it wasn't like a, how do you put it? It wasn't like an uncomfortable question either. It was more of a type of question where she's asking in an open way, like, hey, if you are, that's fine. That's great. Then let me know so that she could be on the same page and kind of adjust where her head was at. Um, I believe that wasn't the case for him. And so I think that's why for both of them, they, they knew openly like, hey, we're just dating each other. There is no titles, none of that. But we enjoy each other's company. I like dating you. I like seeing you. Let's keep seeing where this goes. And, you know, I think that in terms of like communicating openly, that's also the same thing. It's like if you're upset about something, communicate and share. Don't hold it in. And so that's something I've learned to grasp from her is just to learn how to be okay with uncomfortable conversations, if that's the case, because that is truly where you learn how to grow in a relationship dynamic. And I think the beauty of communicating openly and directly is that you don't build resentment over time, right? I think something I have observed in people, especially friends who are in their early mid-20s too, is that instead of communicating openly, they'll do those things where they like post something on their story to piss off their partner or vice versa, or like they'll play those mind games. And that's something I knew that I outgrew a long time ago as well. And that's something that I look for in a partner is like, hey, I'm going to be able to communicate with you openly if something's bothering me or if I'm not sure about something or if I want to make sure that we're aligned and we're on the same page. And if they can't do the same with me, that would be probably something I would consider. Now, I wouldn't use the word red flag. Okay, I hate when people overuse that, but I would probably consider it a mismatch and just something out of alignment, right? Probably out of alignment on maturity because I'm used to partners being able to communicate when something bothers them and willing to bring up something instead of holding it in and then building resentment, right? So um, I think those are good things to pay attention to. But remember, in order to attract that and to have that, it takes someone to start that, right? So it, it's not a bad thing 
if you're the one initiating those conversations and nudging them to also reciprocate if they ever come across a situation that they feel like they need to communicate openly or if they feel like they just need to check in and make sure that you guys are on the same page, right? It's That to me is, is one of the, the fundamentals of a healthy relationship is open dialogue, open communication. And yes, it will be uncomfortable sometimes, but that is the beauty of, of growth and, and having a relationship that aligns with you is because that's how you figure it out sooner. The third and last major takeaway I've learned from her is to encourage your partner to grow. And I think this definitely comes with a secure attachment style or someone that's grown to be more secure because an example I can observe from her is that at one point in their relationship, and I think this was probably in year, year two, of their relationship or maybe closer to year three but you know she's originally from europe she's traveled all over europe she's been to many places and on the other hand her partner is from the u.s and has only lived in two different states in the u.s and for her being having this global mindset and global perspective which is another big reason why her and i connected and and hit it off very fast she wanted him to experience it uh, for himself but, but the awesome part is that she actually wanted him to experience it on his, on, on his own first. And so I think she actually encouraged him to solo travel. And he went and traveled solo for two months. And I was like fascinated when she was telling me because I was like, really? Like, and, and you know, because there's people that I know would be uncomfortable with their partner solo traveling for two months and you know, all those questions of, of like, what are you doing and all these kind of things. And I think it really reflects on not only her security in herself and her partner, their ability to communicate with one another, but also her, her desire to like, let him explore and see things for himself. Right. And I think on the flip side, like as, as the partner receiving it, I'm sure he, that made him feel I think supported as well rather than held back because I can imagine if a partner was like I want you to travel but you can only do it with me that would feel restraining right and now also too it's probably the kind of a little bit extreme to be like yep solo traveling for two months but now that I think of it my cousin in Australia I remember he solo traveled for six months all over Europe like many years ago when he was dating his now wife and yeah, I remember I didn't think much of it at the time, but now that I think of it, okay, he did that for six months um, and you know, they were fine. And so I think that very much comes back to self security in oneself and in the relationship and the partner. And so that's probably something that needs to be established first, like that trust and security. But I think she probably realized, I'm not speaking for her, but I would assume and, and I would feel this way too. And, and it's something that I've recognized in what dynamic works best for me is someone that has learned to understand and see the world just as much as I have and or is just as curious and is willing to do some of this on their own in order to have a bigger perspective like I have. 
uh, thanks to just the ability to have seen different parts of the world. And so um, I think he had an awesome experience. He went all over and I think also got a bit of a culture shock and kind of learned what it's like to be an American solo traveling in these different countries where you're not going to be you know, treated the way you are as an American in the U.S., right? So I think that was awesome, you know, encouraging your partner to grow. But she also mentioned to me, too, that you learn a lot about your partner when you travel together. So try to do this in the earlier stages if that's possible. And interestingly for me, and I remember sharing this as a reflection with her, that I had this opportunity in a new dating experience where this guy and I, we went on a four-day trip right off the bat. Uh, it was very spontaneous and unplanned. And it was like, at the time, we think we only knew each other for a few days, but it ended up being really awesome. And I think we were able to see other parts of ourselves with one another at such an early stage, which I think a lot of people don't really get until a few months in. So in a way, I think it healthily sped up some things, but also still kept things at a certain stage where it's like, okay, awesome. We're still getting to know each other, but now I've also seen this part of you, how you travel. Like, cause this was like, we, we went to the airport, we got on a plane, like the whole, you know, the whole thing. But also we got to experience what it's like staying in the same room for like four days and, and everything like that. So I think that's something I've taken from her too, is like, when possible, try to travel together in the earlier stages so you can really get to know your partner more. And I think I've heard someone else say this too, or just other people in general talk about how you do really learn about the person when you travel together and all like the nooks and crannies and like the small things that you won't see on a day-to-day basis. And personally for me, I love approaching relationships in the non-conventional way. I think that's just part of who I am, part of my lifestyle. I'm not going to be the type of person that's always just purely going to date like where I see the person a few times a week. We do the same thing over and over every week. That's just not for me. And so I think it is fascinating to be able to get to learn about someone in like these different dynamics sooner than later. And I think just when it comes to growth, right, it's important to remember that both partners need the ability to grow independently and individually while simultaneously growing together as a, as a couple, a pair, a team, whatever you want to call it. And so I think that's why those moments on your own and whether that's like the person is solo traveling or whether that person is spending time with their girlfriends, right? Again, it's all about a foundation of open communication and building trust along the way. But also you can't build trust if you're always like, hey, you can't do that without me or vice versa, right? And so I think learning from my my girlfriend on how she's been able to encourage growth in her partner while also doing it with him, whether that's through traveling together or having open conversations or just doing small activities together that help them learn about one another. I think all of it is super important, especially on the personal growth, because if you're not continuing to grow on your own, but your partner is, at some point there will be a deficit and someone will feel that gap. It's usually the person that's grown a lot that will feel the gap. But I felt that myself in my four-year relationship back in college where I felt like I had grown so much over two years, especially at a time when we had broken up and then gotten back together. 
I grew so much that I just, it, it, it was so distinct on the, the difference in our mindsets and our approach to life. And, you know, part of it, it, part of it was because of his lack of growth on his side. So I would say like, keep that in mind, like don't let yourself slip, keep, keep focusing on yourself and keep building yourself up too. But also don't be afraid to like encourage and nudge your partner in a very loving way. And, and if they do the same for you, like, like take it as a loving nudge, take it as like, Hey, this person cares about me and they want the best for me too. So imagine how life could look like if you have a partner where you guys are both growing uh, individually and on your own paths, but then also together as a team. I think that to me, that would be one of the best attributes I could have in a relationship and with a future long-term partner. All right. So that was all for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoy this little takeaway. Maybe you took some notes. Maybe this definitely gave you some food for thought. And if you love this episode and you feel like another girlfriend could tune into this and learn something, definitely please share this episode with your friend or on your Instagram story. And if you do share it on Instagram, tag the podcast Instagram at what fulfills you. And for all of the podcast merch, including the personal growth focused card game, you can find it all at whatfulfillsyou.com. It'll be linked in the show notes and the discount code 10% off with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. Everything is linked in the show notes. And thank you again for supporting this podcast. I would chat with you all in the next episode.